1: This is January 5th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome into Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great day and a happy new year. It's my first podcast talking to you guys uh, since 2021 began. And it has been a great year thus far. We're five days into the year, and I can't complain. So I will take that. Uh, any day I can. The best part of the new year, the Bruins start up again. And the NHL starts up again. Training camp is well underway. Uh, by the time you listen to this, it'll be day two. Uh, or day three or day four. I say that actually in this conversation with Connor Ryan uh, of Boston Sports Journal who was on this week. Uh, we discussed what we saw at camp, what we think will develop, some predictions. We discussed uh, a long-time Bruin leaving and a long-time Bruin becoming captain. You can take a guess at who those two players are. I bet you get them right. Uh, but, uh, this was a fun episode, obviously, because we had relevant Bruins news to talk about. Um, and we weren't just saying, Oh, you know, Mike Hoffman, maybe, maybe the Bruins will get Mike Hoffman. And like it, at that time, that was it. Like that was all we could talk about. And there were chances they would actually get Mike Hoffman there. That was like legit. Uh, but nice to be able to talk about on ice stuff and potential and. Jack Nika, which we get into in this episode, so uh, I think you guys will really enjoy this. Uh, before we get into the episode, uh, l- are we ready for some football? Are we ready for some football? That's the real question. College football heads into bowl season, and there's some big. There's a big matchup coming up uh, between Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, NFL regular season is finishing up, with the playoff picture uh, taking shape. Uh, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, that I trust actually, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up for today for a free account at BetOnline and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. I'm most excited about that national championship game and also most excited about the NHL bets you can make. There's the futures bets. There's uh, each division you can bet on. Uh, you can bet on Stanley Cup odds. And then once the season starts January 13th, you can bet on games. You can bet on games and you can bet on MVP and you can bet on everything. And that's what I'm most excited about aside from the football and aside from the national championship and aside from the NFL. Uh, to me, it's the NHL. I'm very excited about giving you guys a discount on betting for that. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, Bet online, your online sportsbook experts without further ado. Make sure to subscribe to Bruins Rinks site on YouTube and the CLS Media YouTube page. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up?
0: Evan, I spent uh the morning and afternoon at a hockey rink watching the Bruins practice for the first time in months, so I am uh feeling splendid feeling overjoyed and looking forward to the twenty twenty one season How are you doing today
1: I actually feel the same way i am uh, in the same boat same boat uh't that why did we spent were we at the same hockey rink
0: I didn't see you but I don't know it's a big rink but
1: Yeah, maybe we missed each other. Maybe uh, I was on the other side or something. Uh, but no, for those who don't know, we were at, uh, we were at Bruins training camp day one, uh, because this is being recorded Monday night. We're recording this after, uh, training camp. Obviously, as you will listen to this, day two will be underway and maybe day three and four. Um, there's a lot of, not a lot, but in a, in a row, there's a lot of, uh, of training camp days. So day one will quickly become, uh, Irrelevant. It could. Maybe it won't, but it could. So we're going to try to keep this podcast, uh, you know, relevant to the, the future. Uh, we're not going to sit here and discuss Kevin Miller's play or in, in day one or, you know, uh, Jacob Zaboral not looking great in day one. Maybe he looked great in day two. We want to keep things fresh. And so, uh, I wanted to discuss in this, in this episode first, we have not, uh, been on Bruins beat we've not done a podcast since Chara left uh we oh, actually yeah. we <clears throat> did the, that seems like forever ago now we did that podcast we both predicted he would not return that was the, the headline and then the next day he was gone yes <laughs> so perfect for those who are listening who are like oh I, I want to hear what Evan and Connor have to say about Chara leaving uh they got what we thought might happen not what would actually happen so um Just a quick – your quick thoughts, just really quick, because, again, it's a week old now, but really quick, your thoughts on on Chara
0: leaving. Yeah, I I think now that you've had some time to process it, I think for a lot of people, especially the first reaction is kind of that – you know, visceral is the right word, but just the immediate kind of emotional response of, like, I can't believe, you know, they let a guy like him go, especially when you factor in, you know, the contract that he signed with Washington and the fact that it seemed like based on – you know, his, uh, presser with Washington that it seemed like they pretty much were like, Hey, we're going to give you this reserve role, right? Like you're not going to play maybe every once in a while, but, um, but you kind of sit back on it now and you, you think about it, and it just seems like it's just an unfortunate ending for all involved. Right. Like I, I can't fathom the Bruins being in a spot where they're like, yeah, you're not going to, you're going to be a seventh guy. Like we're going to not play you over Zaborl and Vakanainen. Um, you know, it just seems like it's unfortunate that it got to that point where, uh, they weren't able to work out a deal because you, you hear him what he says of, about what it's going to be like in Washington where he says nothing's guaranteed. It's like, well, is what's going to happen in Washington going to be exactly what they pitched him that, that he, you know, mapped out? Because, I mean, he hasn't been able to practice yet because he's in quarantine going down to Washington. We all know this is an accelerated training camp and you've got, uh, a situation where they got a lot of back to backs and a lot of games early on. Like, are they guaranteeing him like you know eighteen plus minutes a night? And if that's the case, is it going to be a situation where he's going to be in a similar spot to what Boston maybe envisioned of of him, where he's going to be rested on back to backs or or something like that? So it, it just seems now that you kind of sit back and evaluate and evaluate what the different roles might have been. I feel like we could be in a spot in a, a month or so where it's just going to be an unfortunate situation where uh, he's pretty much in the exact same spot that we all thought he would be in, just in a different, in a different Jersey, which is, again, just unfortunate all around. Not only the fact that Bruins lose their captain, they lose uh, just that guy that would have helped them out in a, an area of need in terms of the defense. But you now also have this added pressure to guys like Zaborl and back and like, you know, these guys are going to go through the struggles and the ups and downs this year, but, Now every single time one of these guys blows a tire or they can't keep a puck in, you know, it's just on Twitter, it's going to be like, this is who we replaced Zidane O'Chara with. Like, and that, you know, that's part of the business, I guess, right? But still, it's a a tough hit for a few of these younger defensemen who are trying to, like, cut their teeth up at the NHL that they've got kind of that narrative on top of the natural pressure, right, of landing a spot in the NHL. So I think it's just an unfortunate situation all around.
1: Yeah, it doesn't help those guys because I, I think we're going to hear the, that a lot yeah, gonna this hear year. Yeah. You're going to hear it a ton because I don't think there's a chance that they don't experience those struggles and I don't think that uh, I, I don't think for the I doubt that guys like Vaconian and Zaborl are going to be good replacements. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of John Moore Jeremy Lozon um, who we figured uh, and is young as well, so got to give props there young guy, uh, but We'll get into that a little later. Now with Chara gone though, my favorite thing going on in Bruins land right now is the, the, the tiptoeing around that the Bruins are doing of just naming Bergeron captain. You have Chara and his media availability last week. Just like, ruining you know, it. just ruined part. it. Just completely came out. Shocks was like, all yep, of us. Patrice Bergeron, next captain of the Bruins. Um, then Cassidy, uh, Monday, uh, basically was like, you know, if Patrice is captain, if if Patrice is captain. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, and every guy, every person wants to say it, but I think they're giving this kind of time to give respect to Chara. And I think that's what their initial thing was. So fine. I think it's just funny because, like, I don't think there's any chance it's anyone else. It Wouldn't it be great if, if, it, came out if it wasn't? And we're like, we're naming David Creici the captain or we're naming, like, you know, Charlie McAvoy the captain. Not to say they don't deserve it. Right. But, like, Bergeron's the obvious choice. Like, it's Andre just, Kasha. Andre, Kosh- Nick Ritchie is going to be captain. Yes. Talk about like a backlash, like like Warrior would be burned to the ground if, if, uh, if Nick Ritchie became captain of the Bruins.
0: It's good to see that Bruins fans are already in mid-season form because I did, I think probably you were in the same boat. We did something as harmless on Monday as simply tweet like uh, Ritchie dash Coyle dash Smith. And my God, you would think that I like had insulted like the South Shore on Twitter because I was just bombarded with what? Uh, with with uh, salty rhetoric thrown back at me on Twitter for it. So it seems like Bruins fans are already, uh, at least most of them have, uh, the jury has already been decided in terms of what uh, Richie's going to give this team. But we'll see.
1: I went so far as to say Richie looked good with Corey I thought Richie Smith. looked
0: yeah I I mean I think and again it's
1: day one I said it's, it. it's day, one. day so,
0: one so I mean we I, yeah we'll eat crow if we you know we revisit this in a week when, when training games like almost over considering this is how quick the preseason really is for the Bruins but uh yeah I mean Richie you also have to factor in I think one thing that I'm sure stood out for you is that Craig Smith looked pretty damn good I mean the shot is what you know everyone knows I mean he's a proven, uh, you know, sniper guy who gets a whole bunch of, of pucks on net. But also, like, I was kind of surprised at how, uh, you know, good his skating was. Like, it seemed like he was uh, really good on, you know, a couple of those drills there was, you know, finishing a lot of the passes uh, Coyle was sending to him. But um, I think when you have a guy like Coyle, who's a puck possession guy, but you also have this guy who can operate in space like uh, Smith, I think that also maybe opens up a guy like Richie, a little bit more space to, you know, go down low or uh, throw his weight around. And again, I think that's going to be the biggest thing for him It's just committing to that role because I think people were excited to see what Brett Richie was going to do last year early on. But for as big of a guy as he is, he was kind of like, every time you'd watch him, he'd be able to be like at the half wall, like, all right, man, like, please just, please go down to like the crease. Please just yeah. sit there. Like, so, I mean, if, if Richie does that, um, you know, I, I think you've got uh, – I already think you've got a good third line there with Coyle and Smith, but if Richie can contribute, I mean, some, whatever gets that line rolling, right?
1: exactly. I know. It's one of those things like, uh, you, you know, you, you, when you say Richie's good, you got to be like, well, but, 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 it's all, you know, oh, it's you have to preface yeah. it because people jump on you. But it's also because Anders Bjork was in Group A as well, so it's also something that you have to think about. Um, but I think another candidate – the third-line left-wing spot when Pasternak is healthy is Stadnika. I think Stadnika is obviously a candidate for that third line. Um, Stadnika seems to be a candidate everywhere. I think I thought he looked great in day one. Yes. I don't imagine that's going to – I think that's going to age well. I think Stadnika looks good for the rest of camp uh, and plays next to Bergeron on, on opening night. Um, but he's someone that looks like he's made a real jump. And we both thought he looked great in the playoffs, but it looks like he's gotten a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think – We've mentioned it – I mean, I can't even think about how many times we've talked about just his game up in Toronto and how what stood out is not just, you know, the skill, but more or less his ability to, you know, go to the dirty areas of the ice and generally quality looks. But uh, you watch, especially in practice, where, you know, he's got that kind of open ice in front of him. Um, you know, he finished, he finished quite a few plays today with a shot that he's been working on. Um, just seems like a guy that especially – it seems like they're committing to – you know, carving out a role for him. And I think as much as you would view like, all right, you're going to start your first full season on the top line, that'd be like a high pressure spot. But that seems like a spot that if you're a young player or if you're the team wanting to ease a guy into it, what better place to start him with than with Bergeron and March. I mean, that's the, that's kind of what they did with Sagan for a while. That's what they did with Andrews Buok when he first started up here in 2017. Um, it seems like that's kind of a good way to ease these guys in when you've got a, responsible two-way uh, line to play with along with two all-pro, you know, legitimate guys like that, right? So, I mean, he could, you know, Stodica could just hang around Great A ice, and most likely he's going to get some scoring chances coming his way. So, um, and again, that's a, a, a best-case scenario for the Bruins is you get him rolling early. You know, he's feeling confident up in the NHL. He's scoring uh, the first few games. Then Pasternak comes back. You either have Stanika you can put further down the lineup where he's in a groove or, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but if you want to move Pasta down um, and Stanika's in that spot and you balance out the scoring, that could also be a, a situation. So um, it's encouraging at least to see that rather than, you know, seeing how – Seneca would fare as being one of those guys in that pool of skaters. It seems like they're making a committed effort to, you know, putting him in a featured role early and try to get him in a groove because you don't have a lot of time over the next few weeks to kind of get these guys ready before the games really start to matter.
1: And it's funny, we mentioned this uh, between group A and B, you know, the past couple of years, there's been a lack of depth sometimes uh, on offense and where we're kind of like, well, you know, do they have someone who can fit that right side next to Krejci? Obviously, that's been forever. But, you know, do they have someone who can fit the left side or right side of Coil? Like, what is the deal there? And it feels like this year, it's more like, who's the odd man out? Because there's going to yeah. be people who are going to be watching games from level nine that necess- not, you know, necessarily wouldn't uh, be sitting for a different team. I mean, you have guys like Bjork and Richie. And potentially stood at times. And, you know, when it comes to the fourth line, we kind of seclude the fourth line from everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, we almost put, like, the, the top three lines together and then, like, the fourth line. Yeah. Um, but you wonder about guys like Chris Wagner and, 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 uh, you know, even Par Lindholm and Greg McKeg and what the deal yeah. is down there. I
0: mean, Frederick, like, you've got. Fred oh, Frederick I,
1: as well. And I thought he looked good in day one.
0: Yeah, he looked really strong on the puck. Um, but I think that's also one thing where even if you want to, I'm sure we'll talk about this in other podcasts and stuff later, but even if you want to just focus on the fourth line and kind of have that own separate pool of players, like there's a lot of bodies that you could see fitting in there, not enough spots, right? I mean, you've got Corrali, but you'd imagine Wagner has a, a set role there, but, you know, what if a guy like Frederick pushes or, uh, you know, you have Lindholm or, mckeg or even like a guy like coolman who is probably better suited in kind of a north south straight line role like there's a lot of different guys i could factor into that grooving too so it's a good problem to have if you're the bruins i'd imagine they'd wish they'd had like a full actual training camp to really see how these guys could do over the course of preseason games and stuff like that so not ideal but still a good problem to have i guess when you've got uh too many forwards for only so many spots
1: a one year that they don't have the full training. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're stacked on offense. Where they're not stacked, though, is defense. Obviously, that's something yes. we've touched upon quite a bit. Uh, but when you look at defensively, uh, this is a team, as we have said all offseason, the left side is barren. We, we That kind of was the feel even if Chara stayed. But now Chara gone. It's just like open season yes. on the left side. Now, day one, the pairings were uh, Jeremy Lazon and Charlie McAvoy, Matt Krizlik, and Brandon Carlo. And those make sense those make sense i don 't have any big gripes with it, except the fact that I, I wish you could pair a better left shot defense with McAvoy. and I think that that 's like kind of mm-hmm. I think where people are going to have a, a a tough time with I think that 's why I kind of wanted Grizzlic there yeah. um, and I again it 's day one
0: yeah Grizz
1: could be with McAvoy tomorrow they were in different groups right. um, but at the same time I, I think there's a legitimate question about Jeremy Lazon Bruce Cassidy is you know, sat him in the postseason, but likes him in general. Talked really well of him on Monday. So I feel like on the, in the top four, my little prediction, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but you're going to see Jeremy Lazon start there to start the season. Going to struggle a little bit. And then you're going to see John Moore up there. And you're going to watch Bruins Twitter, Bruins fans, Bruins everything. Just lose their collective minds. Um, and I don't think Morris is bad as people say he is. I don't think he's great. Mm-hmm. But I think if you want to put him in there temporarily as sort of like a... Like stop gap. St- yeah. Stop gap. I think he can do it.
0: Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, I was kind of not surprised because, again, as I think we've mentioned many times already, day one of camp. But... Um, it is definitely interesting to see them go with, uh, you know, McAvoy, Lozon, and Kahlo uh, Grislyk just because uh, it seems like the numbers would point more to um, kind of those groupings being switched around a little bit. But, you know, you can make the case for it, right? I mean, Lozon is maybe more of a steadier defensive guy, and it opens up McAvoy a little bit more. You kind of still have the Krug-Kahlo uh, dynamic with a guy like Grizzly with Kahlo. Um, even though there's really not a lot of like tape or or, or stats backing up like a, a McAvoy lozon pairing. They really haven't played that much, but on paper, you would imagine it would work out well. You've you put a lot of guys with Charlie McAvoy, you're probably still gonna have a pretty good pairing. Um but I think the biggest question is you go kind of beyond that, then you figure out what the third the third pairing is and uh they got a lot uh to work on in terms of just identifying who like are the logical picks, like, is it going to be, are they just going to roll with John Moore and Kevin Miller, or is it going to be, you know, a guy like Zaboro, who I thought was kind of iffy in, on day one, um, you know, does he stand out as Zach and I make a push or, I mean, are one of these college free agents that I think some people are pretty high on, like, is Nick Wolf gonna, you know, fight for a spot? Is Jack and Sean gonna land a spot? Like, who knows, like, one of you guys make a crazy push? Like, Nick Wolfe reminds me of, like, an Adam McQuaid, which I think he needs some seasoning, but that's, like, a guy who kind of came out of nowhere and just became, like, just a stalwart on that third pairing. So um, still a lot to be determined for sure, but uh we'll see if Cassidy switches things up because I'm sure this whole narrative is going to get flipped on its head when we get there uh, on Tuesday for, for day two.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at it and you look at sort of, you know, your – your third pairing guys. I mean, you have obviously Zabor and back in nine and you have Connor Clifton. Uh, you have Kevin Miller who looked great on day one. Everyone was kind. Of, I didn't think he was that great in the early drills. And then he kind of turned it around. Again, we, we talk about it like it's a game. It's, it's just, yeah. it's a practice. Yes. And People look good and stuff and bad and others, but you know you have John Moore, you have uh, Connor Clifton, you have Jeremy Lowe's on. So it's like you have these, these fringe guys. And some of them are being fr- thrust in the top four roles. And, in some ways, like we talked about on the, on the offensive front, you have guys who are going to be left out. Feels like you're going to have guys who are going to be left out on defense. Your worry though is that they leave out the, that they leave out the wrong guys and they yes. put in the, the, the wrong ones. So they make yes. the wrong decisions. That, I just worried that terribly, but <laughs> you, you, you leave out the guys who would have fit in the lineup and you put the ones in who, uh, would not. Uh, so, you know, you have Jacob Zaboro playing and, dare I say, like John Moore not playing and right, not yeah. as good. But so that, I think that's sort of the thing where like, it's tough to go off of one day of camp. This is right. kind of the, I guess we could say that for the whole episode. You can't go off one day for this whole thing, but I don't know, man. I don't see how Jacob Saboral or uh Earl I there's just, there's not that bite to them, you know? Like that's a totally an eye test thing, mm-hmm. but there's not that urgency. There's not that like, Mm, like, you know, Zaboral had a tough time against people in one on ones. is. Frederick is knocking
0: him around a little bit.
1: Yeah, Vakaninen looks at times like there's not that urgency. I know Vakaninen's not been known as a practice player. Cassie used to get on him because he wasn't practicing hard enough. Yeah. You'd think that he would get that message. I don't know. I just, to me, with those guys, I don't see it with them. I think it's going to come down to Lozon and John Moore on the left side, and they, they'll play Zaboral. They'll play back at and They'll play yeah. them. those guys. Will get time, especially if there's a COVID bug or they just get injured in general. Like they, you can never have enough defensemen, so they're going right. to play. But I just wonder how fast we look at it and go, "Oh, this is not going to work out."
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing, especially now that there's not going to be any preseason games. I think you're going to see quite a few inter-squad scrimmages over the next week, and I'm looking forward to seeing Zboril because I don't think we've really seen him in like a game setting. You know, we've seen him in drills uh we've only seen him up in the nhl i think two total games right so when i haven't been watching you know game tape of providence you know with him with him in the lineup but it seems like he's a guy that uh is surprisingly physical uh when you see you know some scouting reports and this guy that uh someone i think mentioned that he's kind of like an offensive lineman in football right we don't really notice him that much but that's not always a bad thing like he's just kind of smooth Good first pass, you know, doing kind of the little thing. So we'll see how it is when the ice opens up into a somewhat of a game-like setting. But, um, again, it's tough to draw conclusions off of one day. But, uh, again, it's not like Cassidy and his staff have an extended window here to see how these guys kind of fare up at this level.
1: They got to do it quick. This has got to be very quick. Uh And and right to the point, and that's sort of what they need to do right now because there's not, as you said, not a lot of time. So we covered everything, and this was a quick. I feel like this was a quick episode. Uh, maybe we just had a lot to talk about for the first time in in like, a few months. But we we covered Chara, we covered Bergeron potentially or going to become captain. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. Kevin Miller's making a pretty big push for it with everybody yeah, that's everyone true. talking about
0: him. Helped lead the uh, stretch in day one. He did, so.
1: he, he did lead the stretch. Bergeron yeah. brought him in too. So it's Kevin Miller trying to topple Patrice Bergeron as captain. That's maybe, what we should be really talking about.
0: Maybe co-captains.
1: Yeah, maybe. Imagine they gave like three people to see. <laughs> they're just like, we're going to do a 3C. Like they, they will have like, you know, an A. Because they're always saying, you know, there's so many leaders without without letters in the locker room. And uh, everyone you know, participation trophy time, everybody gets a, everybody gets a letter.
0: And That'd I mean, awesome.
1: it should be, it should be like a rank of where what kind of leader you are. So like you're like number twenty two on your jersey it means like you're the twenty second leader <laughs> yeah. in the locker room. That wouldn't cause <sighs> any
0: problems. Poor Greg McKegg. like just is, is, he doesn't even. He's like his first day on the job, <laughs> and they give him twenty two. He's like, I don't even know. I don't know half the people in here. <laughs>
1: like, what was I supposed to do? Yeah. Uh, Poor C- Greg. Connor, Clif- Connor Clifton's like you know like, number twenty one. He's like, what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Uh, but anyways, that is that. Those are the lines from day one of camp. Connor will have the coverage for you, uh, for, for, uh, from camp for BSJ. I, over at CLNS Media, uh, and that is today's Bruins Beat. I feel like quick, as I said, felt quick. But at any rate, uh, that is today's Bruins Beat. That is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Beat listeners have a great rest of your week. <laughs>